every yantif of the three rebellion, we lane a particular Megillah. The Megillah of Shvuas is Megillah's Rus. And there are many reasons given for why we lane Rus on this yantif. And one of them is what I want to focus on this morning. There's a Yerushalmi in Chagiga in Parak Bey's Gimel that David HaMelech died on Shavuos. And there's a Shari Tshuva that says that this is the reason why we lane Megillus Rus on Shavuos because we know that there's a Gemara in Kedushin that says that a tzaddik dies on his birthday. The same day that a tzaddik is born, that's when a tzaddik dies. Like Meishu Rabbeinu says, that Me'ab Esrim Anoichi Hayyim, I am 120 years old today, and that's the day that he died. And the Gemara says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Memaleh Noisam Shal Sadikim Yayim Liyayim Mechaydish Achaydish the Gemara in Kedushin Amamechesam and Aleph Hakadosh Baruch Hu is Memaleh all of the years of Sadikim. It goes from his birthday all the way to his death. There is a completeness of the years, and so the same way that Meishu Rabbeinu died on the day that he was born, he was born on Zion Adar, and that was his yard site. The same way. David HaMelech, if we know from the Yerushalmi, says the Shari Shuba, that he was Nifter on Shavuos, Bivadai, says the Shari Shuba, Batsaris Neilad. It has to be, there's no question about it, that he was born on Shavuos. If he died on Shavuos, David, he had to have been born on Shavuos. And if he's born on Shavuos, if Shavuos was the birthday of David HaMelech, so then it makes a lot of sense why we should lane Megillah's Rus on Shavuos, because how does the end of Megillah's Rus go? What's the last Pasuk? What's the end of the last Pasuk? The Yishai Pilot as David. Yishai gave birth to David. The whole Yichas of David Amelach is unfolded at the end of the Megillah. That's the purpose of the Megillah, to show how from Rus emerges David HaMelech and ultimately Melech HaMashiach. And so it's quite appropriate, says the Shari Tshuva, that we lay in the Megillah that defines the birthday of David HaMelech, Yishai Haylad David. this is his birthday. David HaMelech's birthday is on Shavuos, and so we lay in the Megillah that outlines his birthday, the Yishai Haylad David. David was born, when was he born today? Today is David HaMelech's birthday on Shavuos, and that's why we lay Megillah's Rus on this day. What does this mean when we speak about a tzaddik being nifter on the same day that he was born? By the way, the Chazanish says this doesn't mean that every tzaddik it happens to. Don't think, oh my gosh, this tzaddik, he, he wasn't nifter on the day that he was born. That means maybe, you know, Chas Vashon, he wasn't a tzaddik. Obviously, that's not true. There are certain tzaddikim, wherever we find in Chazal, that tzaddikim were nifter on a certain day. So, it go, it's, there is this truth about these tzaddikim, but it should not in any way reflect, reflect poorly on a tzaddik who was not nifter on his brain. It's just, it's like an added icing on the cake. If you get that also, wow, that really is impressive. But that doesn't in any way shine a negative light on its object that doesn't. But what is the svara? Why would this be? What is the significance of the fact that its object is born and dies on the very same day? So the Marshawn Kedushin explains that what it means is HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves Tzadikim. And as such, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to maximize the time that a Tzadik lives. So if let's say it was predestined that a Tzadik should live 
for 120 years, like Meshra Abenu. Meshra Abenu was supposed to live for 120 years. So when does he actually, when's the end of the 120th year? It's a little confusing because we think of birthdays as, you know, if a person, let's say, turns 40. So you think, okay, now on his birthday, now I'm 40. It's not true. When you're 40, that means that you have now completed your 40th year. If you're now, the day after your birthday, you're now in your 41st year. You're not now 40. Really, you were, 40, you were in your 40th year. It's like when a baby is born, you don't say, happy birthday, you're one. He's, right, he's, he's zero. But he's going towards the first birth. At, the, at, at his first year, his first birthday, that means that he has completed a year. A tzaddik, let's say, Meshur Rabbeinu, when he turned 120, that doesn't mean that, okay, now I'm 120. It means that now I have completed my 120th year. Tomorrow would have been going into the 121st year. So a tzaddik, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, wants to get every last drop out of the tzaddik's life. So he wants to make sure that he lives the entire year. Meshur Rabbeinu wasn't deprived of one day of his final year because HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't want that to happen. HaKadosh Baruch Hu not only said you're going to be 120 years old, but I'm going to squeeze out every last drop of that of your life so that you're going to die on your birthday. Because that way, Meshur Rabbeinu can completely expand, completely use up every single moment of his life as HaKadosh Baruch Hu wills it for its Sabbath. I wanted to suggest a different shot in the importance of a tzaddik dying on his birthday. But first we're going to take a little detour and then we're going to get back to it. There's a Gemara in Brachas and Apesam and Aleph. The Gemara says, Amar Rabba bar Rav Shila Hainadamri Inshi a person should always daven for an unusual thing. A person should daven that he is buried in peace. The literal translation of what the Gemara says is that until the last shovelful of earth is put on top of a person's grave, meaning when a person is completely buried up until that point, a person should daven that he has, that he zaycha, that he merits such a final resting place. Because we know that very often it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes we, you know, we, we assume that we're going to die and we're going to have like a nice cemetery and a nice burial and a nice plot and everybody can come and visit. But it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes Ahmadu Islam people die in, in, in ways that, uh, that it doesn't happen in such a, in such a manner. One looks on millions of Yidin died in, in, in the Holocaust. We don't know where they are. They're mass graves, mass pits, or, or, or worse, their bodies were, were burned. They were not zaychet to Kuras Yisrael in a normal sense. So the Gemara is saying, yeah, that's one of the things on your laundry list of things to daven for, with all the other bakashas that you're thinking about, you should also daven that that you die in peace. That until the very end of your life, you should have everything that there shouldn't be any, any dramatic endings that don't play out, that don't pan out the way you would envision them. That too you have to daven for, says the Gemara. Rav Shalom Shvadran, the great Magid of Yerushalayim, used to say that the author of the classic Eishel Avram, there's a sefer called Eishel Avram, and the author of that sefer was Machbed his entire life on Yayin Nesach. Machbed on Yayin Nesach. Yayin Nesach is you're not supposed to consume drink wine that was uh, touched by a guy, wine that was, uh, you know, it, the, the reason is that they, the Gaim used to be Menaseh Yayim Avedezara, they would pour these uh, sacrificial libations th- towards their idols, 
And so we obviously you're not supposed to drink from that type of, 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 of beverage. And the Rabbanon expanded it to even anything, even if a guy merely touches an open bottle of wine that was not Mabushal, um, that would also be an extension of that. But he was very mocked never to go near Yayin Nesach. It was like, that was his thing. Every Sadiq has their thing. That was his thing. And his son once asked him, why are you so, you know, mocked about Yayin Nesach? Like he literally, like his whole life, he was on, on, red, on code red alert about Yayin Nesach. So he says, because I had a gilim and a shamayim. I had a revelation from on high that I came back as a Gilgal twice now. This isn't my first time around. I've been, I've come to planet Earth now for a second time around, or a third time maybe. And the reason why my neshama keeps on being recycled, keeps on coming back to planet Earth, and I can't just stay in Ayomayamas and Ayomabah, is because my last two Gilgulim were messed up with this Isra of Yayanesa. The, the, the soul that I had before was, uh, for some reason, very drawn to drinking Yayanesa. That was Itzavera. Every person has their Taiva. This was my soul's Taiva. And I don't want to go through this again. I don't want to have to come back again and again and again. So I'm very not good not to drink Yayanesa. And his whole life, he was super mocked. He was very sick at the end of his life. And on his deathbed, he was already, like, all of a sudden started having major heart failure. And the son ran to the doctor. The doctor made a house call and said, okay, he needs a certain medication ASAP. You got to get it to him right away. So the son runs to the pharmacy fills the prescription, comes running back to his father, he's mamish, like about to die, and he says, hey, doctor, you take this medicine, he gives him a spoonful of this medication, the Eishel Avram has this medicine in his mouth, he spits it out, he says, Yayin Nesach, and he dies. The son later on went back to the pharmacy and actually the pharmacist says yeah, there was a 20% of this medication is wine. It was Yayin Nesef. So Rav Meir Arit, when he heard this Misa, this is all Rav Shalom Shajan talking, Rav Meir Arit said that you see from this story that when we learned that Gemara a minute ago in Brachas, that a person should always be mispalel, adzibula basraisa shalma, that until... A person's very deaf. I should rest in peace. I should have peace. You know what that means? Avad the cloud. Don't ever rest on your laurels. Don't ever think, you know, well, you know, I, I, I worked on Yayinesak my entire life, and now I'm already, you know, almost dead, and so the Yitzhar is probably leaving me alone. I don't have to worry. You always have to be on guard. Adzibula basraisa abad bechal until the very last shalvul. Until mamish, you flatline while you still have a pulse. The Sahara is still trying to get you, and the Avram understood this, and that's why even at the very last moment of his life, the Sahara understanding that his taiva in life, his nisayin in life, was yain nesach. The HR was still trying to make sure to destroy him, so that he'd have to come back again as a Gilgal, because even though he was perfect his entire life in the INS, okay, I have one last chance. Today's his last day. I'm going to try to make sure that he doesn't get out of this world without drinking Yayanesa. Rebchatz the Levinstein used to say, the great Mashkiach Kapanovich, that you have to be very careful on the last day of your life, up until the last day of your life, and including the last day of your life, that you don't sometimes um, get depressed and have kindness on the Rebbeinu Shalom and lose your emuna. Because very often that happens. A person, you know, lying in the hospital, wrapped in pain, depressed, on a low, 
and he starts questioning Sarva'inesh, he starts questioning why the Rebbein Shalom did this to me, and then it, the Amuna could really um, crash on the very last day of their life. And there's a Gemara that says, of Shimbai Yechai used to say that even if you're a tzaddik kol yamav, you could be a tzaddik your entire life. And at the last day of your life, you rebel. You have some thoughts of rebellion. Chazal tell us, if Shimbayechai says, You lose all of your star. You worked hard 70 years, 100 years, 120 years. You're mamish toiling. Avedis Hashem, waking up for davening, putting on filling, talis. Limen HaTairach, Chesed, Tzedakah, everything. Staying away from Yisurin. The last day of your life, you have a bad machshava, you're Tayal HaRishaynais, you're Tzadik Gami your whole life, it's all washed away. Even as HaRishaynais, you lose everything. So very often, says in Chatzkobo, Yitzhara loves, at the end of a person's life, to try to really do him in. He doesn't want to give him all the star that he deserves. He wants to mess him over. So he says you have to be careful and have the munah, the last day of life, have the chazer over the yudhimul ikrim. Make sure that you die with your entire amuna intact because even at the end, ad until the very end of a person's life, you have to make sure to be on guard because the Sahara is trying to ruin everything that you have. Everything that you've accomplished, it's still, it's still all potentially in, in the balance. You might lose everything. And I think that's the aside to explain perhaps why a tzaddik dies on his birthday. You know what a birthday is? People don't understand what a birthday is. They think it's just time, it's, a, it's an opportunity. You're one year older, it's a chance to have a party. The other day, one of my kids says, uh, tomorrow's my half birthday. Even a half birthday is something that, it's, it's like another, you know, you get to be in the limelight a little bit. Um, you know, it's my birthday, it's special. Okay. You know what the real sight of a birthday is? They say over from Nachmi Breslov that a birthday is really a day that Akhmishparko decided that the world needed me. Up until today, there was a world without me. And now Akhmishparko, by allowing me to be born today, Akhmishparko is basically telling me. You are special, you are relevant, you are significant in the grand scheme of my world, and now the world needs you to do what you're supposed to do in this world. A birthday is really a mission statement of a person. A birthday is a day that a person has to realize that I was relevant, that I am relevant. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made me today. Why did Kishbrook make me today? Because today is the day that I am supposed to realize what my mission is and set out to accomplish that. That's what a birthday is. That's a very significant thing. And when a person has a certain mission in life, which is defined by his birthday, The Sahara tries to stop that person from accomplishing that mission. We all have missions in life. We don't always know what it is, but every single person has a mission, and every single person, the Sahara tries diligently to make us mess up our mission. And that's why when a tzaddik dies on the day that he's born, and sometimes the Yitzhahara is still all on top of him until the end, when you die on the day that you were born, what basically Akhmishbarth was telling you is, 
mission accomplished. Whatever you have been born for, whatever the purpose of your Bria was, now you're going to die. Because now, whatever I put you here for has come full circle, and there's no need for you to continue in life because you have done it, you have accomplished it. Yetzar wants to stop you, he wants to make sure that on the day of you, that you die, you lose that mission. But if you don't lose that mission, if you die with Hakpada on Yayanesa, if you die with Hakpada on Emuna, on Yudgimalikrim, on whatever it is that you were supposed to be put here for, if you're able to die with that intact, you have completed your mission. Now we don't know always what our mission is in life. Very hard to know. But David HaMelech did know. David HaMelech, you don't have to be a, a big Makobo or a Navi to understand that if you were born on Atzeres, if you were born on Shavuos, you obviously know what your mission is. Your mission is Tyra. Whatever other people's missions are, but if you're born on Shavuos, you know that your mission is Tyra. And David HaMelech lived his life like this. Uh, you know, when we think of David HaMelech, I don't know what comes to mind. I think what generally in the world would come to mind is a person wearing like a, a cape and a crown with a heart. Is that what David Amalek, that's the image, right? That's on the cover of, uh, of a, a lot of Tillims on a, a great book by Arts called, called Hallel. Um, and that's, that's, uh, that is the, uh, that's, that, that's how we perceive that. That was a, a singer. He was a psalmist. He was a, a poet. He was a musician. He was, he was like an artsy type of guy. David Amalek was the Talmud Chacham of the Dar. David HaMelech was the Pesach Hadar. David HaMelech was the Tzadik Hadar. You shouldn't picture David HaMelech with a heart. You should picture David HaMelech as Rebbe Yashiv. He was a person that sat Yaimam Balayla over his Gemara and broke his head and broke his everything. He died Baal That's what David HaMelech was. And if you look through all of the writings of David HaMelech, that's what you see. First of all, there's a famous Gemara in Brachas that says that David HaMelech um, may have invented the very first alarm clock in history. He put a harp on top of his bed and he'd go to sleep a little bit at night and at midnight the, a certain ruach would blow, a certain wind would blow and it would make the harp chime. It would wake up David HaMelech and David HaMelech HaChatzais, I think Rabbi Yashiv woke up at 2 a.m., David HaMelech woke up at 12 at night, and he started learning until the morning. He learned the entire night, every single night. That was David HaMelech. He was Shakuam Limerataira, the world's biggest masmid. David HaMelech was the writer of the famous words, if not for Tyra, my delight, my pleasure, this is what I live for. He says, if not for Tyra, I would drown in poverty. Hervan Cutler had a Talmud who was a famous musician. He made up a beautiful niggin to Lulei Sairaska that's famous. I, in fact, walked down to my chuppah with that song. That was my choice, not because I'm so excited. I just happened to like the song a lot. And Rav Aaron Cutler loved this song. This was like he was in heaven, because that was Rav Aaron Cutler, Lulei Sairaska Shashur. And one time, I don't know if it was Shavuos or some Kastaira or something, but the Bachram were around Rav Aaron Cutler by one of the Nesibas, and they were singing this song, and Adan was in heaven, and then he stopped them in the middle, and clapped. And he says, listen to what David HaMelech was saying. 
David HaMelech was the usher Mikol Adam. David HaMelech was Malchus. David HaMelech had palaces. David HaMelech had horses. David HaMelech had, had servants. David HaMelech had silver and gold and diamonds. David HaMelech had billions of dollars. David HaMelech had any food that he wanted, any wine that he wanted, any, any delicacies. They were all David HaMelech's. And yet, listen to what the words that he said are. Lule sayrasko shashuai, azavadeti ba'anyi. He says, I would be completely impoverished if not for the Torah. That's how David Amalek felt. David Amalek didn't look at Gashmias as something that was, you know, great in and of itself. He says, it's nothing. I only need to eat in order to learn. I need a, a bed in order to sleep a little bit so I can learn. I need a horse so that I can get to the base medrash faster. Everything in David Amalek's life, all of that Gashmias was completely harnessed towards Liman HaTayra. David Amalek was Kaira. David HaMelech was the one that wrote, Achaz Sha'alti Meis Hashem Eis There's one thing that I ask of you, Hashem. This is what I beg. Shifti Beis Hashem Kali Mechai. I want to stay. I want to sit. I want to dwell in the house of Hashem. Kali Mechai. Lachzeitz Benayim Hashem Lovake Be'echala. I want to be in the Beis Medrash. That's what I want. David HaMelech once said that I try to go different places, but my feet carry me always to this medrash. I'm supposed to have a special meeting with certain prime ministers, and I'm, you know, about to go in, in, in the direction of that's, uh, you know, the, the conference center, and just I just happen to take a detour and end up in the base medrash. I'm supposed to go to a uh, some sort of ceremony or some sort of a war meeting or some sort of economic meeting. I just keep finding myself in the base medrash. My feet, like almost inexplainably, carry me to the base medrash. That's where I magnetically am drawn. David Amalek's whole life was Tyra. Anyone know how Sefer Tilim starts out? His masterwork, Sefer Tilim. David HaMelech, you know, you think of Sefer Tilim, you think about Hallel, and like, you know, he's speaking about esoteric things, about the sun rising and the sun setting and trees and, and flowers and birds. Like, that's how people perceive Tilim, and that's definitely included in Tilim. But whenever you want to see what a book is all about, you look at the first page and the last page. But you look at the first page, you know, no one knows what no one knows what a, a Tale of Two Cities is about. Anyone know what tell? No one knows. It's Charles Dickens. Everyone, but everybody in the world knows. If you have a little bit of a, you know, an educational background, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. The rest of it, no one knows what it's talking about. David Amelach starts off Sefer Tehillim, and he says, "Ashrei Ha'ish, how lucky is a man." that does not follow in the pursuits of the Risham of evildoers, in the wisdom of evildoers, in the advice of evildoers. And he doesn't sit among scoffers, he doesn't sit and pal around with buddies that are drinking and doing shtuyot and watching videos and, and doing all types of things that are inappropriate. Many people are drawn to that. Many people just want to do that. They just want to hang around bummy people that are wasting their lives. Fortunate is the man, says Dalman Amalf, that is not lured by that, those temptations. Hashem <laughs> But rather, the Torah of Hashem, to learn Torah, to sit and learn and to keep the Torah, that's his sole desire in life. And in Torah he will be miyageya, he will schmitz in Torah day and night. That is the most fortunate man, says Baba Amal. Fortunate is that man that gets to do that. Vahoya ke'etz shosel apalge mayim. And this person that's so fortunate, he will be like a tree. 
that is planted by ponds of water. And his leaves never wither. They never die. He's supple, he's fresh. He stays Shesum Beis Hashem. Shesum Beis Hashem. B'chatzis Olagini Yafrichu. He's bursting. That's not part of that first of that dilem. That's a different dilem. But the Hayakate Shoslav Paul Gemayim. He's growing up as a tree by water. Beautiful scene. He's firm in his resolve to learn Tyra. He's firm in his resolve to keep mitzvahs and to stay away from Averis. He lives a life of beauty. He lives without all the distractions that the world is chasing after, but he's able to sit by his Gemara day and night like a tree, like a piece of furniture in the base medrash. You have a shtender that's here constantly, and then there are human beings, there are bachram that are here constantly, that they are mamish part of the furniture of the base medrash. That's what I want to be, says Tavadamal. That's the fortunate man in the world. And the end of Sefer Tehillim is, of course, Kal Aneshama, Kal Kal until the very last breath, I'm going to give praise to Rav Aneshama. Every breath, until my last, it's hollow. I'm singing praise to Rav Aneshama. This is David Amelach. David Amelach is the quintessential Masmid. He is the, the Godol. He's Amelos, he's Yigiyah, he's Abbas Atayra. That's what David Amal says. Take out of your mind that picture of that king wearing a, a crown and a harp. That's not David Amal. David Amal was Tyra, Tyra, and more Tyra. That's what David Amal was. You know why he was that? Because that was his singular mission in life. His birthday was Atzeris, his birthday was Shmuas. So he knew that this was his mission in life. He knew that his entire life, HaKadosh Baruch Hu put him on this world to be dedicated to Tyra. And do you know how he died on Shavuos? The Gemara in Shabbos on the says that Dovin HaMelech asked HaKadosh how old will I be when I die? I'd like to know how old I'll be. I want to know how many years I have. Wouldn't we love to know you know, when our expiration date is so we can know how to chaperang more and, and, and how to really maximize our life. HaKash Baruch says, sorry, David, I don't give out that information. That's not something that human beings are privy to. He says, fine. Tell me my yard site. Tell me what day I'm going to die. HaKash Baruch says, I don't do that either. So David Amal says, okay. But can you tell me the day of the week that I'm going to die? Hashem says, fine. You're going to die on a Shabbos. And David HaMelech didn't like this, that he's going to die on a Shabbos because it's going to maybe you know, be difficult. It's, going to, you know, it's not going to be pleasant for people around him to deal with him. And the Gemara actually discusses that it, was, it wasn't so simple how to deal with David HaMelech's body when he died on Shabbos. But he said he was going to die on Shabbos. You know what David HaMelech did? Every Shabbos, from then on, he spent the entire Shabbos Shakuin learning. Because he knew that the Malacham Mabas would not be able to take his life as long as he's busy learning. And the Malacham Mabas, on the day that he was supposed to do his job and take David Amelach, the Malacham Mabas tried very hard, but he saw that David Amelach was a piece of furniture in the base manager, he wasn't budget. He was just learning and learning and learning. He was not able to move out to him. So you know what the Malacham Mavis did? The Malacham Mavis went out to the backyard of David Amel. He had a beautiful orchard. And he started rustling the trees. The trees started blowing and howling and shaking. And David Amel, you know, heard that. And he was a little bit curious as to what was going on in his backyard, so he gets up, but his mind was still learning. And as he was going on the stairs to, to see what was happening in the backyard, one of the stairs gave way, and for a moment in time, David Amelech stopped thinking and learning because he was thinking about falling, and that's when he died. 
That was the last day of David Amalek's life. It was Shavuos. He was born on Shavuos and he died on Shavuos and that's how he died. Now, he had to be taken away. It was his time to die. The Gemara says that he didn't even have an extra day because Shlein HaMelech was supposed to start his Melucha. That's why David HaMelech wasn't able to ask Hashem to give him an extra to, to die on Sunday. He, he even offered let me die on Friday. But David HaMelech says, no, I want you. Every single moment is precious, like we said before. He wants to squeeze out every minute of his life. But look at how he died. David HaMelech died learning Tyra. And isn't it interesting that the way he died, the only way that the Malchamaz was able to get him to stop learning was by rustling a tree. He was that tree. He was a tree that was sitting day and night, not budging from the base medrash. Shakua and learning, no distractions, no every second the phone ringing out, in, coffee, tea, risements, every single minute he was a, an eight Shaslav holiday mind. He was a tree that was so comfortable, that was so tranquil, sitting by water, learning Tyra day and night, that was David Amalek. The last day of his life, Hakan Shparko is telling you, mission accomplished. You're dying learning Tyra, and you're going to die with a tree rustling. Because that will show that whatever you said, Ashrayish, you were that man. You know that man that you were describing, Sefer Tillam, that was so lucky because he got to learn Tyra without distraction? That was you, Dominic Mills. Mission accomplished. Your birthday is your yard site because that was the reason I put you here on Atzeres and you died on Atzeres in such a way, learning Tyra, you did exactly what you were supposed to. So Shavuos is a special day. Shavuos is the day that David HaMelech was born. Shavuos is the day that David HaMelech died. He was born with Tyra as his mission. That was my birthday. That was my mission. Clear mission. And he died on that day as if to say mission accomplished. Show us a beautiful day, Elaine Medill's Rus. The Yishai Haylud as David. David was born today, dies today, a perfect life of Tyra. Now that's a nice bark. But how is that Negea to you and me? What's the takeaway that I'm trying to bring out over here? There's a, a rule that I'm sure all of you have heard throughout Shas. The Gemara tells us in many places, Ger Shemiskayar Kekaton Shemayladam. A Ger that's Niskayar. If there's a convert, he's He's like a brand newborn baby. He might be 25, he might be 55, he might be 105. As soon as he's in the sky of the day of his gayrus, he's born again. Brand new baby. And has halachic implications of this. You know, the fascinating halachas that could come out of this tomorrow. Let's say a brother and a sister, Gayim, decide to convert. They're Kekatan Shinodam, which means that theoretically, we don't pass them this way, Allah Maisa, as the Gemara explains, but in theory, it should be that a brother and a sister that are Gayrim should be permitted to marry one another because they're not related anymore. They're brand new people, they're brand new entities. They are completely unrelated to one another. Interesting. The Chassam Seifer has a question on this Gemara. And you know, normally, this is, this is a big Chiddush that the Gemara is saying. Normally we like to have some backup for a Chiddush like this. 
To say that a Gersh and a Sky is Mamsh Punch Nodami, and that a brother and a sister should be able to marry one another on the basis of this, where'd you get that from? Do you have a Makar for that? Or you just, is that as an Allah Mishni Sinai? Is there a Makar? Where is that from? How do you know that? The Chasim Seifer says, I don't know where the Makar of that is. Now, whenever you have when the Chasim Seifer, anybody says, you know, I don't know something, and he, I'm stumped. So you have thousands of Gedayle Taira, throughout the generations, that are going to scramble right away and try to answer that question, right? That's what we like to do. I think I know the answer to the question that the Chassam Seifer poses. He says, you know, by the age of the of Mitzrayim, Matan Taira, that's Kufa and Kla Yisrael. We find that there were people that were related to one another and they were married. Even though that after Matan Taira they would not be allowed to be married, based on the parsha of Arayat, based on the, the halachas of who you're not allowed to marry, they would not be permitted to marry. But yet we find that before Mantara they married. I mean, the obvious case is Yaakov married two sisters. After Mantara, you can't marry two sisters. Another example is already closer to Yitzhak and Shayim. Amram, excellent. Amram married Yerchevet. Who is Yerchevet to Amram? An aunt. You're not allowed to marry your aunt. But yet Amram married his aunt. How did Amram marry his aunt? Well, it was before Mantara. Okay, very nice. What happened, and he says that presumably there are many people, maybe there are hundreds of people that are married to their aunts. Maybe there are hundreds of people that are married to what? Two sisters, I don't know. What did they do after Mount Taira? You know, Moshe Rabbein was given a tzivoy. After Mount Taira, it's a pasuk in Bamidbar. Sorry, it's not a pasuk in Bamidbar, I think it's a pasuk in Devarim. Pasuk in Devarim, Hey Chavzayin, says, Shuvu Lachem Lachem. Now, after Mantaira, go back to your tent. Everybody, cry yourself, disperse. Mantaira is over. Shuvu Lachem Lachem. Go back home. What does that mean, Shuvu Lachem Lachem? The Gemara Darshans, that you know what that means? It was being, the Gemara in Beitzah. The Gemara says, Now you could go and be with your wives once again. Before Mantaira, Shaykh's mad, Bala, you have to stay away from your wife. But now, after Mantaira, you can go back to your wife. You can have relations again. Go back home. Do, do, do whatever married people do. The Gemara says, why do you need that? Obviously, if it was just Trish Mad Baba. So the Gemara says that, uh, says that you can have uh, that, that, that aim best in Matir Dabel, and they best in Chaber. You have to, you know, best in has to be Matir something that another best and forbade, you have to go back and, and read the, you can't just assume, okay, it's over now, it's Memeila Mutter, you have to be Matur and anew. Okay, whatever. But what the Gemara is telling us, what, what, what the Pasuk is saying is, go home and be with, now what do all these people do? You're saying that you're, you're giving a universal instruction, everybody go home, back to your wives, and, and, and be married. What about the people that were married to their aunts? What about the people that were married to, uh, you know, to other, other forbidden relationships today after Matantairah? So Zakhtameshachachma, obviously everybody was allowed to continue being married to whoever they were married to before Matantairah. How, how is that mutter? How could I? So the Torah just instructed me that I can't marry my aunt. How am I allowed to go home and marry a man? There must have been a mass confusion in Blyus. Oh my gosh, we just heard a, a, a din of not being able to marry my aunt. Oh, well, guess what? I'm married to my aunt. I, so what, I, I have to get divorced today? No. Go back home. It's fine. I mean, it's fine. Zakhtar Meshachachma, this is the Makar of Chazal that Gerish and Iskayar Kikotim Shmeo Dami because Blyus were Megayar Aman Taira. There was Tvila, there was Mila, there was the, right, the whole parshas that we learned, Geras, Mantaira is Geras. We were all Megaya, we were all not technically Jewish before Mantaira. At Kabbalah Satara, we all became Jewish. As Jews, 
as Gairim, we're all brand new. We basically click a refresh button on the screen and everything is, everything is brand new. I'm not related to my aunt. She's not my aunt. She's just a regular person. I was reborn. She was reborn. All the relationships are, are null and void. We're all kikat and What you take from this Meshachachma, I believe, is a very big yisayi. David HaMelech was not the only person that was born on Atzeres. We were all born on Atzeres. Every year that was by Matantar, which means you and me and everybody in between, we were all born again on Shavuos. Not just David HaMelech was born on Shavuos, but every Yid whose neshama was by Har Sinai, which is everyone, because there were Shishim, Rebai, Elek, neshamas that were born, that were existing in Har Sinai, and that's, that's the amount of souls that Paul Yisrael has. We were all by the foot of Matan Taira, we all were Makabula and so we were all born on Atzeres. So whatever the shmuz was about Dovin Amalek and Achashalti and Vayakei Shasal Paldimayim Ashraish, that Dovin Amalek, his mission statement was at Saras. His mission statement was Tyra, and that's why he lived a full life, and every day he was fully immersed in Tyra until he died on Shavuasak, and Shvach was basically saying, you did it, mission accomplished, you were the Ish, you were the Ashraish that was born on Shavuos, understanding his mission, and he fulfilled the mission, what I'm proposing today is that all of our birthdays is on Shavuos. We're all born. Whatever your birthday is, your birthday might be July 3rd, it might be November 17th, it might be August 28th, doesn't matter. Your real birthday is Shavuos. Amazing. And if our real birthday is Shavuos, then what? Then we understand that our mission, like David, is to sit and learn. Is to try to maximize the amount of Torah that we learn. Whatever other missions we might have in life. We might have a mission of avoiding the Ayanesa. We might have a mission of being a big Valtzadaka. We might be having a mission of avoiding Shmir Sinayan issues. We might have a mission of making sure that you didn't keep Shabbos, put on filling every day, have a mezuzah on their house, whatever our mission is, we might have multiple missions. But one thing is clear. If we were born in Atzeris, our mission definitely involves fully tired. Every year is tired. Every year. Tyra is multi-formatted. Tyra is not necessarily, okay, I have to quit my job and learn in Kyle all day. It could be giving, learning with Kvias every day, it could be supporting Tyra. It could be women who are helping their husbands learn, encouraging them to go to the base Madrash, encouraging their children to go to the base Madrash. Every single person, somehow, some way, if you're born on Shavuos, which we all were, we have to figure out, on Shavuos, how we're going to accomplish this mission of making Tyra greater because of us. I was born on Shavuos, that means that after Shavuos decided that the world needs me, that the Tyra needs me to do something for it. Give a shear, write a sefer, give a lot of money to tzedakah, build a kailo, build a yeshiva katana, support a yeshiva katana, run a yeshiva katana, something. But you have to figure out what is your mission on Shavuos? Why was I born on Shavuos? As Davin Amelach thought about that and he came to the conclusion that I have to sit and learn. I have to be the greatest proponent of Tyra. All I want to do is learn and spread and teach and live Tyra. That's what we have to do as well. We have to figure out the best way to do this for ourselves. But that's what Shavuos is all about. Shavuos is the day that we think long and hard beforehand and during. How is this year 
going to be a game changer between me and the Torah? What am I going to do that's going to really do something fantastic? We all have something in us that's unique. And that will be the manifestation of how we will live our life in a terrible way. But every single person, their Avedan Shvoas and their Bakashan Shvoas, should be Akrishvaho, give me my Chayot in Tyra. Let me understand exactly how my mission of Tyra is unique. It's all about Tyra and Shvoas. Because our lives are all about Tyra. Because we were all born in Atzeres. We're all Dabin Amelach. David was Libra Levav Kal Yisrael. David encompassed all the hearts of Yisrael, but we're all in his heart. And we all have all of the same Sha'ifa somehow, some way really deep inside, or maybe not so deep inside. Our Sha'ifas are all screaming, Ach Hashem. We all want that, but sometimes it's the Atzas Rishon that get in the way. Shavu is the time that we figure out how are we going to be Ke'et Shasav Halgei Mayim. How, how, how can I increase my asmada this year? My amelos, my abbas ha my chukha for my bikush for the relationship that I have with my rabbeim, the amount of shirim that I attend, the amount of shirim that I give, the amount of kiddushim that I write, the people that I help in yeshiva that are a little shvacher than me, but I'm giving them physic, I'm learning with them. What can I do different this year? How can I really maximize my potential in Tyra? Because that's what it's all about on Shavuos. Thinking out my personalized mission vis-a-vis Tyra. And the Shavuot says that as Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Adin for Parnassah and for Shidduchim and for Chayim, and that's why everybody wears, a, you know, a comes to shows and they say, wear a kippah. My minute is wear a kippah, not everybody wears a kippah. But everybody comes to Shul and Rosh Hashanah with their Maserim in hand, crying to Rabbi Nishlam, give me Chayim, give me Parnassah, give me Chiyas, give me children, whatever it is that you need, you ask on Rosh Hashanah. The Shlach says that Shavuos is also a Rosh Hashanah, but a very specific type of Rosh Hashanah. It's a Yem Adin for Tyra. You know why? Because this is the day Hayyem Haras Ayyem, we were all born today. It was a day that the terror was given, it was a day that Kla Yisrael was reborn, renewed, with the Ischatras, and everything is decided today on Shavuos about Tyre. It's a din on Tyre. So we could dive into the Rabbi Shalom also. We should cry to the Rabbi Shalom on Shavuos. Rabbi Shalom, let me succeed in Tyre. Last year wasn't a bad year, but it could have certainly been better. My Asmada was decent, but it ain't what it could have been. The amount of shiurim that I went to was decent, but I didn't go to every shir. I didn't chazer every shir. I don't know every shir. How much pekias did we do last year? How much pekias did we chazer last year? How much ian did we chazer last year? Do we, were we mechadish anything? Do we write down our tradition last year? Do we give any money to, to yeshiva to support the, the efforts that are going on here? Do we give money to, to, to Lakewood and to Panovich and to Brisk and to, and to, and, and, and to Chaim Berlin and to, and to Lander College? What do we do for Tyra? What are we here for? This year, I'm going to make sure to be macabre that I'm going to be much better. I'm going to up the game in Tyra. But you have to help me, Rabbi Nishon. You have to help me do that. I don't know if I'll be able to. I'm, I'm very easily distracted. I'm a weak person. And so my, my, my smartphone in my pocket is a big distraction. And my family is a bigger distraction. And my friends are the worst distraction. I need a new year. I need a major seat change in my life. That's what Shuas is. Shuas is... What Rosh Hashanah is for other things, it's a brand new year, a brand new birthday of the world, and you feel like a freshness in the air, right? You get your new, uh, you get your new sitter, you get your new masu, you get your new palace maybe, you get your new suit. Everyone's coming fresh into Rosh Hashanah, all, you know, dapper and ready for a new year, excited. Shavuos is a brand new opportunity to correct 
anything that we did wrong last year. We did tshuva last year, Tyra, and we're macabre ourselves and knew this year I'm going to do much better. I'm sorry for last year. I'm sorry for the bitter Tyra that I did and that I caused. I'm sorry for the fact that maybe I didn't have a much amunis hachamin or kavera Tyra. I'm sorry. But I will change this year. Because my birthday is today. It's a brand new year, a brand new opportunity. My mission is clear, and I just have to figure out exactly what I'm going to be doing, but I will do it if we never. I want to share with you a finish as we're being Chaddish a new year, a new season in Tyra. Let this be the inaugural Chiddush of the year. I just thought of it this morning. Maybe you don't like what I said about my birthday being Shavuos because of Gersh Sky, and it's sort of like, it's cool. Well, like, I don't know, my birthday is July 3rd. It really is. And, uh, you know, Shavuos, all right, that's like a, you know, that's like a half-birthday type of thing. Everybody rolls their eyes, yeah, okay, Shavuos is right. We go by biological birthdays. I don't go by, 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 by halachic birthdays. That's not, it's not like, no one's sending me a Hallmark card on Shavuos. Listen to the bomb Kiddush that I thought of Baruch Hashem this morning, that the Rabbi Hashem gave me as a present thing. The Pasuk says that we said before, Shuvu Lachem Aleichem. Right after Matan Taira, right after Bob Siran, Zion Siran, whatever it is, everybody went home, back to their tents, and they had relations. There's a very similar Gemara, and in fact, the Tarot Tamima brings it. That whenever it says Shuvulachem Aleichem, Aleichem means your wife. It means that you can go home and, and, and have, a, have a family. There's a Gemara in Kedushin that says, I'm sorry, not in Kedushin, on Shabbos on Naflamid, the same Gemara that we said before about David Amelah, about that conversation that he had with the Rabbi Nishan, about how he died. That same Daf of Gemara says that Shlaim Melech, when he was inaugurated, there was a big party, and at the end of the party, and they all went home. Everybody went home from the party. They went home happy. The Gemara says, They went back to their tent, Smechem. Chazal say in that Gemara and Shabbos that they went home and they were happy because they all found, all the participants in this Chanukah Sabayis, in this inaugural uh, of Shema Melech, they went home and they found their wives with Arab. They were able to have relations with their wives. That night they all conceived and they all had Zacharim. They all had baby boys from that, after that night. And I was thinking that perhaps the same thing happened by Matan Taira. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Shubu Lachem Lachem, on Shavuos, right after Shavuos, everyone went back home to their tent. I don't know this, I'm obviously speculating here by all, by all admissions, but if we can apply one Pasuk and one Gemara to another, Whatever happened by Shlomanach, they went to Aleichem. Perhaps that happened here as well. They came back home, they found the rise of Tara, they all conceived. Meaning, the new birth, the actual new babies that were born post Mantaira, you don't like the Nishama business, right? You don't like that all our Nishamas were here by Mantaira, fine. But the very first wave of new births after Mantaira, they conceived on Zion. Sivan. And then I was thinking, you know, what's nine months from Zion Sivan? And if you do the math, 
and the fact checkers will be quiet for a few minutes. It will come out to Zion Adam. Everybody that was the new birth, the actual biological births of the next generation post Matantaira, they were born on Zion Adar. As if to say what the Rambam says, that every single person has the potential to be Meshur Abenu. So either Mamanushaf, if you want to go with a halachic thing, we're all born on Shuas. You don't like that, you like the biological thing, fine. Your birthday is now Zion Adar. Pick it, whichever one you want. But your mission is clear, your mission is Kaira. David Amalek was Tyra, Maisha Rabbeinu was Tyra, every year, whether spiritually or physically, we all have a shaykhist to Tyra. That's our life. That's the Chiddush. And this is the Abayda of Shavuos. Shavuos is not a day of eating cheesecake. Shavuos is not even a day about dancing around the base marriage and singing nice songs. Shavuos is about Kabbalah's Hatayra. And not just, oh, come on, that happened 3,000 some odd years ago. No, no, no. Kabbalah's Hatayra is every year on Shavuos. That was the day that the world was recreated. That was the day each of us were recreated. That was the day that we were each given a very defined mission statement, and that mission statement is very simple and clear. It's one word. It's called Tyra. Every yid has Tyra in his vessels, in his, in, his, in his arteries, in his veins. That's what a yid is animated by. Now, we might not always feel so animated by Tyra. We might actually not be so interested in learning Tyra. But that's a chisarin in us. And that's another thing that we have to rectify because if I know that this is my mission, I don't want to come back and do my mission over and over. I want to get it right. And that's what Shavuos is. Shavuos is the day that we learn Tyra and we dive in for Tyra and we eat Tyra and we drink Tyra and we sleep Tyra. Everything that we do is Tyra on Shavuos. But the most important thing to do on Shavuos is to look in a mirror and ask yourself the very simple, basic question. If my mission is Taira, how am I going to actualize that mission? What am I that I should do for Taira? Who am I? What are my Kaifas HaNepesh that really will allow me to, at the end of my life, say, mission accomplished? I did something for Taira. I built something Tyredic. I learned something Tyredic. I raised a family Tyredic. I built a community. I taught one person how to be a Ben Tyre. That's Ayomulaya. That's 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 it. That's mission accomplished. But that's the Abayad of Shuas. Not a time, there's not many mitzvahs to do on Shuas, there's no rule of an Esther, there's no sukkah, there's no matzah, there's no mara, there's not the kaiman. There's one thing to focus on, and that's why was I born today? Why did the Shabbat feel that it's so important for me to be, for my neshama, to be in this world, for Tyra, for what? Am I really doing what I'm supposed to? Is the Tyra happy with me? The Salavi used to say that on Simchas Tyra, Simchas Tyra people think that it means that I'm happy with the Tyra. Simchas Tyra, he said, no, read it, read the words. Simchas Tyra doesn't mean I'm dancing around and, and you know, tying people talisim together or trying to dance. Simchas Tyra means, is the Tyra happy with me? If you'd interview the Tyra and you say, Tyra, are you happy with me? What would the Tyra say? Ask yourself that question, I'm sure. If you think the Tyra would say, you're doing everything that you can, then mission accomplished. Perfect. Keep it, keep it up. But if you know deep down inside that I'm not doing what I can for Tyra, I'm not learning nearly as much as I can. Not nearly. I'm not chazering what I, what I should be. I'm not being mechadish as much as I personally would be able to if I really dedicate a little bit of my brain power to being mechadish then. 
I'm not as nice to my rabbeim as I could be, or I'm not going to every shir, and it's a chutzpah. And all of these things, if a person is able to take account, take stock of the situation on Shavuos, of where I am with Hashem, with the Torah, with my potential, that's what Shavuos is. That would be an amazing Shavuos. That would be a life-altering, a game-changing Shavuos. For the rest of your life, you'll be able to literally have clarity for once in your life to that all-burning question about, why am I here? You know why you're here. You're here for Tyra. Yeah, but what about Tyra? There's so many, yeah, figure it out. I don't know. Each person has to figure it out for himself what he's supposed to be doing. Some people could be a Rashiva. Some people could be a Rebbe. Some people could be a, 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 a Baal Tzedakah, a Taimach Tyra, a Chabrusa, starting a Kailo, supporting Kailo, joining a Kailo. You have to figure it out. And then make it your mission to do that. Speak to your Rebbeim about what, how you can maximize your potential. A Rebbe that knows you well. That's Shavuos. Shavuos Vayayim Aras Eilam. Today is the birthday. Today is my birthday. And if it's my birthday, that means Hashem put me here for a reason. Now I have to figure out what that reason is so that La'achar may have asked him, I could come back to the Rabbi Nishayim, I could look at the Torah, and I could say, Asisi Shlich I did your mission. Mission accomplished. Hey, we all have a wonderful Zman Matan Torah. Shrizeifet in the Kabbalah Torah Ba'ava with fresh eyes and a fresh heart with his chachas that comes on a person's Yen Hulevis. And this Hashem, it should be a wonderful coming year. Miyem Shavuot Zeh, Adyem HaShavuot Habah. We should all celebrate with the Torah. We should love the Torah. We should embrace the Torah. We should have a chukah for Torah. His chachas in Torah. In this Hashem, we should live our lives full of time.